Asar Thompson continues to impress for the Detroit Pistons in Summer League after they defeat the San Antonio Spurs in their fourth Summer League game. We don't know if he's going to play in their fifth game Sunday against the Pacers, but how impressive has Asar Thompson been thus far? We're going to talk about that in today's episode of the Lockdown Pistons podcast. You are Locked On Pistons, your daily Detroit Pistons podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's the deal? Welcome back to another episode of the Locked On Pistons podcast. Per usual, I am your host, Kuka Hill. You can find me over on Twitter, at Kuka Hill. I want to thank you guys for making Locked On Pistons your first listen of every single day. We're free and available on all your podcast platforms. And if you haven't already, head to the YouTube channel, hit that subscribe button, or leave us a five-star review on whatever podcast platform you're listening to us on. That's another great way to support the podcast. Later on in the podcast, we'll talk about a failed trade that's hit you know, the public airwaves surrounding Boyan Bogdanovich and Killian Hayes going to Dallas. Again, it was a failed trade. Doesn't look like it's going to end up happening. Um, but it's something that was, actually, maybe I should even call it a failed trade. It's a trade that was leaked to the public that there was actual frameworks talked about. They had a good idea of what they wanted to do and just didn't go all the way to the finish line. So I don't know if I'd call that actually a failed trade. Um, maybe that's poor wording on my part. But we'll talk about it a little bit later. Um, and then also, lastly, in the final segment, I want to talk about the competition that's going to be throughout the Pistons rotation this season and why it could be a good thing. So we'll talk about that a little later. But first, we obviously got to talk about Asar Thompson, man. So, we, we've talked about Asar, I believe, like the last four episodes at each one of the games. And he's been impressive in in every single game. And he's gotten better in each game, especially the two games where he's not playing with um, Ivy, Wiseman, and Duran. Uh, he's had the ball a little bit more. He still hasn't had the ball nearly enough as I think. He, he there's, there's possessions offensively in the summer league where he's just standing in the corner they, they let him just go like four or five minutes without even being involved in the offense like that. So I think he could be showing off even more if they just let him run pick and rolls instead of just giving the ball to the, what's his name, uh, Sykes. I don't I don't know what, Kiefer Sykes and, and Marcus Sasser. Instead of just giving it the ball to those guys, if they would just let Asar run the offense, I think his numbers would look even better. Well, that's partly why he's been so impressive. It's not like the Pistons have been giving him a – 40% usage rate in these summer league games. It's not like he's running the entire offense, getting to shoot as many times as he wants. There's two guys on the Pistons this past game that shot more attempts than he did. Both Marcus Sasser and Casalone. So it's not like he's out there being forced the ball or being forced shots or anything. He's just making things happen consistently, whether it's in transition, whether it's on cuts, whether it's on offensive rebounds, whether it's his own drives, whether it's getting to the free throw line. He makes things happen in just about every way possible. And in this game, he hit two threes and showed off some of the shot creation that I told you guys about before the draft that I believed in that he has in his bag. The first two games, he just wasn't even looking at those shots. It was a little confusing to me. I, I wasn't expecting him to hit them. I didn't know if he would be uh, how good of a shooter he'd be in the summer league. But I thought he'd at least attempt some of them. But obviously, in the first two games, he played off ball an absolute ton. He barely got the ball in the first two games. These last two games, you've started to see a little bit more of that shot creation. I think we've gotten like four possessions of it um, where he's taking a shot off the dribble, step back, crossover, that kind of stuff. I think that's something that's in his bag. Uh, if he does play in this final game, uh, I'd like to see even more of that because, again, it's something that made me believe in him as the fifth overall pick, um, what he showed at the end of the OTE season and in the playoffs. 
I mean, also, by the way, I don't get why he wouldn't play in this fifth summer league game. Everyone's like, oh, well, that's enough. Let's go ahead and lock him up. For what? I don't get, why does everyone have to sit out? I don't get this. Why, why can't they play? What's wrong with playing an egg, playing in the summer league? I need someone to for real explain this to me. I, I don't get why people are just sitting out and not playing the length of summer league. It's five games. It's like two weeks of basketball. Well, what's the issue? I, it, it's starting to frustrate me. I'm not going to lie. I don't get why rookies and these young players, if you're going to play in summer league, play in summer league. Just play. I, I don't see how playing extra games hurts you. Especially for a rookie. Why Why are you not playing the whole summer league? I don't get that. So I hope he plays Sunday. I don't see why not. He's not hurt or anything. I, I don't see why he wouldn't play. Get extra reps, even more reps, doing things. I, I, I don't get it. But anyways, Asar has been just extremely impressive, man. I, I love it. He had a highlight dunk where he just like Mario jumped, not even like a running start. Just off vert on a putback dunk. Mario jumped and just looked like he was never going to stop going up and dunked it on his former OTE uh, I believe his name is Branham. Let me go ahead and check that real quick. Uh, d- no, not Branham. My fault. Uh, Dominic Barlow. Rose up, dunked on his head, off vert on a putback dunk. Might be the play of the, uh, the, the dunk of Summer League. Just crazy hops. D- he plays the right way, man. He just plays the right way. I, I, can't, I can't sing his praises any more than I have over the past week. I, I, I'll sound like a broken record if I just keep going. Defensively. He's just shutting people down, continually making plays around the basket. Like, and then I'm talking about defensively. On rotations, guys will get beat. Guys will get beat on back doors, off the dribble. And Asar's over here rotating over, stopping guys at the rim, blocking shots around the rim, forcing kickouts. He did that numerous times yesterday. And then when he's on ball, he's getting up in guys. He's using his length to frustrate dudes. And even when he does get beat off the first step or if he gets touched by a screen that holds him up a little bit, his motor, length, and unreal athleticism. I'm not going to lie to you guys, actually. You guys remember my point, actually, with the screen says that he he gets himself back into the place because of that stuff. But I have to tell you guys, I, I, I was wrong about this. Before... Um, before the draft, I said that Amen would be a top, would probably be the best athlete in the NBA as soon as he touches the floor. I said Asar was a, a little bit behind him, quite a bit behind him. He would be like a 90th percentile athlete. Yeah, I, I was wrong on that. I was wrong. I still believe Amen would be the best athlete in the NBA e- easily. I'm not going to lie to you. But Asar is not too far behind. And like, Asar is crazy. I, I, I knew he was a freak athlete. I knew he was going to be one of the best athletes, but he's an even better athlete. I, I didn't give him enough credit for how great of an athlete he is. Like, it's crazy. It's seriously crazy. And when you combine that type of athleticism with decision-making, his feel, his effort defensively, his IQ defensively, you don't, you can't just – I know people always say defense is all about effort. I don't believe – that's just not true. Through all my years of playing basketball and watching basketball, that's not true. You can give as much effort as you want. You can just be trash on basketball if you don't know where to go, if you don't know rotations, if you can't um, anticipate what the offense is going to do. If you don't have those skills, those kind of like – part of it I feel like is you just have it or you don't sometimes. But you can obviously pick up some of those things. But if you don't have that stuff, it doesn't matter how much you try. You'll just be a trash defender anyways. But Asar gives effort. He has athleticism. He knows where to be. He knows how to make rotation plays. There was a play in the third preseason game where Grady Dick um, beats him on the back door. He recovers to it. They can't get the pass. So then the big man drives from the high post to the right side of the floor. 
beats his guy to the rim, but Asar turns around on the backdoor cut, contests his contests that guy at the rim, forces a kick out to Grady Dick in the corner, and instead of Asar just sitting at the paint and waiting for a shot to happen, he realizes that there's a two-on-one situation on the left side of the floor. Grady get, Dick gets the ball in the corner, swings it to a guy on the wing. Asar makes the perfect X closeout here, contests both those guys, and then re- and then rolls back to the backboard or goes back to the glass to get a defensive rebound. Just his ability to cut off a backdoor cut, then protect the rim, then execute an X out closeout perfectly. He's he's special, man. He's going to be so special. And that's not even talking about his offense. We haven't even really talked about his offense that much. His playmaking is crazy. I know he only had two assists. But if if he's playing with, like, the Pistons' actual guys and these opportunities were presenting themselves to those guys, he'd have way more than two assists. He He's just – I love this dude. I think he's the most hyped – I think he's clearly the most hyped wing prospect for the Pistons since Stanley Johnson. Stanley Johnson didn't work out, but I, I know people like to use revisionist history all the time with the Piston players. But at the time of Stanley, after Summer League and his rookie season, we all thought he was him. He was hyped as ever. We thought, especially after the playoff series against LeBron, every everyone thought Stanley was him. So I think Stanley probably was the most hyped wing prospect of the, the decade for the Pistons. So Asar is the most hyped since him. And then before Stanley, I, that's a little bit before my time. And not a little bit, it is before my time. So I don't, I can't say this confidently, but is he the most hyped wing prospect since Grant Hill? Like, I could be disrespecting people. Maybe there were some guys that were pretty hyped as wing prospects that I just don't know of and don't remember for real like that because it was before my time. But I, I don't think Tayshon was this hyped up. I, I know people like Tayshon, but I don't think Tayshon was this hyped up. I could be wrong. Um, but before Tayshon, the last name that comes to my mind is Grant Hill. And, like, what was it, 96? I think he was drafted, 96, 97 or something. So, I don't know. Some of you older listeners... You guys got to let me know in the comment section down below. Is Asari Thompson the most hyped prospect since Grant Hill's? Most hyped wing prospect. Not overall prospect, but wing prospect since Grant Hill for the Detroit Pistons. I want to hear all of you guys' thoughts. And also, let me know what you guys think about what you've seen from Asar. Are you guys impressed? What do you guys love the most that you've seen from Asar? What do you hate the most if you're not impressed? What do you hate the most that you've seen from Asar? Let me know all that in the comment section down below or over on Twitter at Kuka Hill. When we come back, there was, I don't want to say failed trade anymore. I shouldn't have put that up on the graphic. Um, a trade that was close to maybe being serious. Some frameworks were released about Boyan and Killian Hayes potentially going to Dallas. We'll talk about that trade that's now public to the media and everyone who pays attention to the NBA. We'll talk about that when we come back. But first, I've got to tell you guys about one of our sponsors, Bird Dogs. You want some shorts that feel absolutely amazing, make you look absolutely amazing, and not super tight. They're super comfortable, a little bit of stretchy. You want some of those? Well, you can go over to Bird Dogs. You get the perfect pair. Bird Dogs makes you look good. Bird Dogs stretch khaki shorts are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg and give you a truly sculpted look. Bird Dog shorts do the exact same thing as Lululemon, but fit way better. They fit way better than regular shorts that are made of stiff, restricting cotton. Bird Dogs Fistics issue by inventing cloud knit fabric that looks just like khakis but stretches so you can get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement. Bird Dogs uses anti stink sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long. So go to birddogs.com, locked on NBA, or enter promo code locked on NBA checkout for a free Yeti style tumbler with your order. Again, that's birddogs.com slash locked on NBA. 
or promo code Locked on NBA to check out for a free Yeti style tumbler. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. So again, go to birddogs.com slash locked on NBA or enter promo code Locked on NBA for a free Yeti style tumbler with your order at Bird Dogs. So I want to thank you guys again for making Lockdown Pistons your first listen of every single day. We're free and available on all your podcast platforms. If you haven't already, head to the YouTube channel at Lockdown Pistons. Hit that subscribe button or leave us a five-star review on whatever podcast platform you're listening to this on. That's another great way to support the podcast. I just realized that that entire segment we're talking about Asar, how impressive he was. I didn't even say his stat line from yesterday. Um, his stat line was 18 points, 14 rebounds, 2 assists, 1 steal, 6 of 12 shooting, 2 of 5 from deep. Four of six from the free throw line, plus 15 on the night, team high. I got to start doing that. I just be describing plays, breaking down plays, talking about things that impress me, little things I don't even end up, <laughs> I end up forgetting just to say the actual stat line. That's my fault. Um, all right. So it's no secret that the Pistons could potentially be back in the trade market before the start of the season. Um, there's a lot of, lo- there's log jams in, um, I feel like there's log jams throughout the roster. It's very crowded. Um, a lot of guys that, you know, want to play. It's not like they have a bunch of guys who are like vets um, at positions that, you know, you don't expect to play. There's a lot of guys that expect to play, that want to play, that need to develop, all that stuff. And there's not enough room for all of them. And to me, Sue fans, please don't kill me. But to me, they still have a glaring hole like they had at the beginning of the season or beginning of the offseason at the starting four position. They need a starting four that can ad- adequately defend other fours that also can space the floor all offense reliably. They need that. It was my it was top three on my list of needs going into the offseason, and they haven't addressed that. Meanwhile, they've stocked up on a lot of guards. Marcus Sasser, Killian Hayes, Alec Burks, Monty Morris, Jayden Ivey, uh, Kay Cunningham. So there's six guys right there. You got the one and two position. And then at the big man rotation, we already know about the big man rotation. You got James Wiseman, Jalen Duran, Isaiah Stewart, Marvin Bagley. You got a lot of guys. Got a lot of guys that need to play. Got a lot of guys that want to play, I should say. Not need to play, but a lot of guys that want to play. And not exactly the best, I would say, not the best fitting roster right now. Probably would like to have a little bit more two-way wings. And again, a starting four. But the Pistons aren't going to be able to do that in free agency no more. The only way they can do any of that is by trade. And even if they don't want to use trades to acquire a starting four or use a a trade to get a two-way wing, I think it's incredibly likely they might package two to three guys for one player or two to three guys for one player or two players or maybe a player and then a guy who's okay riding the bench is just a veteran just to, like, free up the roster, to free up the roster and to free up the rotation, which we'll talk about the rotation a little bit later in the podcast, too. And it comes out now, a few days ago, I believe two days ago, that the Pistons were in heavy talks with the Dallas Mavericks that would have sent Boyan Bogdanovich and Killian Hayes to the Dallas Mavericks for Tim Hardaway Jr., a framework of Tim Hardaway Jr. and JaVale McGee I'm assuming the reason why it fell through is because the Pistons wanted picks with that. Because if they would have just traded Boyan and Killian for Tim Hardaway Jr. and JaVale McGee, I, would, I probably would have lost my stuff. That would have been a terrible trade. 
But I, it's obvious that it didn't go through because it sounds like Detroit, obviously, smartly, was like, hey, we're going to do this. We'd like to get some picks, so this isn't really much value for us. And Dallas didn't want to do it. Also, it was supposed to be a part of the Grant Williams signing trade. Um, they were going to extend it to a four-man or a four-team trade. And the Pistons were getting involved, and they were going to throw those pieces in. Um, but as who, who's the one that reported this? Let me make sure I say it. Or Tim Cato of The Athletic, he says, um, but as of Tuesday afternoon, Dallas front office was content with completing the Grant Williams sign trade as it existed without any more additions. So ended up moving on, dropped these talks. Was it going to happen? Does, it, does this mean that those guys won't be traded? No. Does this mean that the Dallas Mavericks still won't engage the Pistons again for Boyan Bogdanovich? No. Um, I found it interesting because I know Dallas has been interested in Boyan Bogdanovich for a while. Um, and it doesn't shock me that they're interested in Killian Hayes because Killian Hayes tore him up in both the games they played against Dallas. And while they have a lot of scoring guards, like guys that are two guards, like in Seth Curry and, and Jane Hardy, they don't really have a point guard from what I've heard, um, a backup point guard. And they kind of need defense. They do need defense and a backup guard. And I know they just went and got Dante Exum. Um, I forget what league he played in before coming back to the NBA this year. Was it the ABA? Um, I know they went and got Dante Exum, but Killian Hayes is another guy that they probably witness tear them up and kind of fits the bill of what they need at their backup point guard position. So it doesn't shock me that they'd want Killian too with Boyan just to have him compete at that backup point guard position. Maybe he takes it from Dante Exum. Um, that wouldn't have shocked me. But what this tells me about this trade, even getting this close to being done, is the Pistons are trying to free or were trying to free up spots in the rotation. They're trying to free up minutes for guys they want to play. Um, and it, it's Boyan is not completely off the table. Boyan's not completely off the table. And I have to believe myself, I have to believe that this probably means that Killian Hayes probably wants out of Detroit. He probably doesn't want to remain here. Because if I was a GM, and I tweeted this out yesterday, if I was Troy Weaver, I believe Troy Weaver probably, there's a part of him that probably believes this too and wants this to happen. If Killian Hayes is going to be the guy that I think he could become, if Killian Hayes is going to be a guy that deserves minutes, that, that it, again, enough of the upside, if he can become the guy that I actually believe he could become, then he'd have to outplay the guys in training camp anyways. Like, he'd actually have to be good. he actually have to earn his minutes. So what's the problem with just keeping him till training camp letting him fight with these guys. And if he actually is good and deserves minutes over them, great. Now your seventh overall pick met with competition, outplays guys and actually earns his minutes instead of being given to him. If he doesn't, then he just sits the bench all year and you let him go in free agency. Like it, it, I, I honestly don't see the bat, the, the negative with that unless Killian just doesn't want that. I would, I would just go into training camp and say, look, if you want minutes, you're going to have to actually improve and outplay these guys. You're going to have to outplay Monty Morris, Alec Burks, uh, Marcus Sasser, like you actually going to have to do it. And again, if he's going to be the player that I think he could be, he would have to do that anyways. Like, it's not like he's going to another NBA team and they're just going to gift him minutes because he's young. He's going to have to actually earn them. So I don't see the problem with keeping him to a training camp and letting him earn his minutes. But again, like I said, kind of, I kind of feel like just reading the tea leaves, it probably looks like the killing probably doesn't want to be here. Um, that's not the biggest thing. I, I can't, you guys know if I mentioned killing, I kind of, yeah, a little segue there. But my my overall takeaway is that they are not opposed to trading Boyan, no matter what they keep telling the public. 
they will trade Boyan if they can get a pick for him, it feels like. That's what they want. So if they eventually get one, I wouldn't be shocked if Boyan gets traded before the season. And I've told you guys this on numerous podcasts. I know I'm saying this from what I've heard and what I know. Cade really likes THJ. He would like to play with THJ. They have a good relationship. The Pistons have been interested in THJ for, I believe, a year and a half now. They've had interest in acquiring him since, I believe, not this past deadline, the deadline before. <clears throat> They've been interested in acquiring THJ. So it doesn't shock me that this is yet another you know, trade rumor with the Pistons involved in, trade, uh, in Tim Hardaway Jr. Because they, they do like him. And their face of the franchise would like to play with him as well. So, I look, I don't know if they end up getting a trade done with Dallas at some point this offseason. But I'm just because this one fell through, I'm not going to rule out the the possibility Tim Hardaway Jr. ended up on the Pistons by the end of this offseason. I'm I'm not going to rule that out. I'm not going to rule out the the chance that Boyan ends up a Dallas Maverick either by the end of this offseason. But we'll see what happens. Um, let me know in the comment section down below what you guys think about this um, El Most trade. Again, I don't want to keep calling it a failed trade. So El Most trade that happened um, with the Dallas Mavericks that's leaked out. Let me know in the comment section down below or over on Twitter at Kuka Hill. When we come back, I want to talk about ro- rotation competition later. Um, we kind of hit on it just now, but I just want to talk about it a little bit later on when we come back. But first, I've got to tell you guys about one of our sponsors, FanDuel. Take your first swing at betting MLB on FanDuel and get 10 times your first bet amount in bonus bets up to $200. That's right, just bet 20 bucks and you'll land $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. That's 200 you can spend betting everything from the money line to the over and under to who you think is going to get the first home run. All on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Plus, when you win, you can get paid instantly. There's no better place to bet on MLB than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. I use FanDuel all throughout the NBA NFL season. It's my favorite favorite sports book to go to. Extremely safe. Get paid instantly. There's a ton of different fun things you can do on FanDuel as well. I love it. Um, One of my favorite ones that I did this past season, I would always take uh, the over on Killian Hayes' uh, points because they had it really low for a second there, and I would always take the over on Jane Ivey's assist after around Feb, uh, February. And it, it did me pretty well. And FanDuel is one of my favorite places to go to. Uh, so sign up today and visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get up to $200 in bonus bets. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel, the official sports partner of, sports betting partner of Major League Baseball. So I want to thank you guys again for making Locked On Pistons your first listen of every single day. We're free and available on all your podcast platforms. If you haven't already, head to the YouTube channel at Locked On Pistons. Hit that subscribe button or leave us a five-star review on whatever podcast platform you're listening to this on. That's another great way to support the podcast. So this is not going to be a very long segment. I just want to talk about the rotation with the Pistons. And I know in the last segment I talked about how it's crowded. There's a lot of guys that seemingly want to get played, need to get played. Um, and, and a lot of a lot of positions are stacked. Um, we talked about the guards, the bigs, heck, even the wings. Even though it's not two way wings, they do have a lot of guys that figuratively play the three. Um, and it seems like they might want to clear some space. But is there a chance they don't clear any space and just go in the training camp with this exact roster? And would that be okay? I, I've shifted my belief. I, I thought that they definitely need to cut down this roster. They definitely need to make a trade. 
And if they can get a tra- make a trade to get a starting four, I, I still believe they absolutely should be trying to do that. But doing a trade just to free up roster space, I've changed my tune on this. There's nothing wrong with competition. And if these young guys, I know I talked about with Killian Hayes in the last segment, kind of spoiled this segment a little bit. But if these young guys are who everyone believes they can be, if these young guys are who everyone thinks they are right now, whoever you're a fan of, whoever you're a stand on on, of, on this team, if they are actually as good as you believe they are, if they are actually as good as you think they can be, they'll earn their minutes. The Pistons have hired Monty Williams. They went out and got multiple vets. They're not trying to strip lose this year. They're going to play whoever the best players are. Doesn't mean that that's going to, I don't think it's going to equate to a ton of wins, but they're going to go out there and try to win games. They're going to go out there and play the best guys to play on the floor, whoever that is. So, is at this point of the re, outside of, I think a star is going to get his minutes no matter what, but at this point in a lot of these young guys' careers, Killian Hayes, fourth year, Isaiah Stewart, fourth year, Isaiah Livers, fourth year. Um, we know Isaiah Livers is third year. Uh, Isaiah Livers, third year. I think those are the main guys, right? I mean, that those are the main guys that we're talking about needing to, you know, secure their minutes. If they're as good as we think they are, they will earn their minutes over whoever it is in front of them. And if they don't, then you know that they're not they're not them. They're not the ones you need to have. They're not the type of players you need to keep around. I don't see anything wrong. I think there's only one there's only positives that can come out of this. Go in the training camp with the stacked roster. Isaiah Livers outplays uh, Joe Harris. Isaiah Livers outplays, I don't even know who else he would have to outplay. Would it be Bagley so we can get minutes at the four? That, that's a little clunky. Now, that the the, the back, the, the four and five position, how they want to use the four and five position, that's the only confusing part to me. Like, is Bagley going to have to get played at the four, or is he back at five? Like, what's going on? But anyways, if Livers outplays a Joe Harris, outplays a Marvin Bagley, and earns his minutes, that tells you, oh, Livers is improved. As Isaiah Livers is actually better than these guys. The Pistons hit on a pick. He can be a rotation player for them. Great. Let Isaiah Stewart. I don't think they should just gift Isaiah Stewart the starting four spot. Let Isaiah Stewart go in training camp. Earn it. If Isaiah Stewart is hitting threes, if Isaiah Stewart is improving upon the flashes that he showed as a four in this past season and he earns the starting four position over these other guys that could potentially have it, now you know, Stu, earn this. He actually is our best option. We're not just giving it, and we made him earn it. He beat out the competition. He's actually worth it. There you go. And the same thing, like I said, with Killian Hayes. If Killian Hayes is going to be the player that I think he can be, that I believe in his upside, he'll have to outplay an Alec Burks to get there. He'll have to outplay a Marcus Sasser to get there. He'll actually have to improve this season, this offseason, to a point where Monty Williams is like, okay, Killian Hayes, if he's shooting and can shoot the ball and is improved, he gives me more than these guys. I have to play him. Not, he's young, I need to try to find him. No, he's actually earned it. He's outplayed Alec Burke. He's outplayed Monty Moore. He's outplayed uh, Marcus Sasser. I don't see anything, I don't see the negatives behind that. And if they don't, then you're right back to where you would have been anyways, trying to move off of them or just letting them leave. But the best case scenario is that these guys improve and earn their minutes over vets. And then you can flip the vets for, for stuff at, in like December or something. So I, I think it actually, that's what I would do if I was Weaver. I'm interested to see if that's what he does decide to do. Um, 
But that's why I, I, I've shifted my stance to that. Because I, I only see good outcomes that could come from it. Only good outcomes. You have vets, if they are not ready, and, or not ready, but if they're not improved and better than those guys at this point, then you have vets who are able to help you win right now and stabilize things. And you, they just sit the bench and you let them go. If they do outplay the vets, now you have young guys who, when faced with competition and were forced to improve, they improve, and now they're actually worth playing and they're helping you win. And you can flip these vets for assets. I only see good outcomes. So let me know what you guys think about all of that in the comment section down below or over on Twitter at Kuka Hill. That's all I've got for you guys today. Thank you guys for making Locked On Pistons your first list of every single day. We're free and available on all your podcast platforms. If you haven't already, head to the YouTube channel at Locked On Pistons. Hit that subscribe button or leave us a five-star review on whatever podcast platform you're listening to us on. Until next time, I'll see you guys later. Stay safe. Go Pistons. And hopefully Asar plays in this Sunday game so everyone has fun in watching it. If he does, Enjoy it. Go Pistons. Till next time, peace out.